Hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Kingdom 101 Relationships. Today is Wednesday, and we are going to continue on in the discussion that we've had for the last couple of weeks. My name is Lenzine Lee. I'm the pastor of Astounding Love Global Church Fellowship, and tonight I am also your teacher, and we're going to, I think we're going to have some fun. So why don't we start with prayer? And then we will just kind of flow into this conversation. I'm going to stay in kind of a low-key mode. I could go high energy, but we have a lot of scriptures that we're going to get through tonight. And I am very, very excited about where I think this conversation could go. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, and Holy Spirit, I thank you so much for allowing me to teach your word. I thank you so much every day of my life that you become more alive and more exciting and vital to me. I thank you for the vibrancy of your word and of your presence. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that I settle into you tonight. You are the teacher. You're the prophet. You're all of the things that every voice that we have need of hearing. And so I yield myself to you, coveting the best gifts for tonight. You know who's hearing this. You know what it is that you want to say to each of us. And so we incline our ears to hear from you, to hear from the Father, to hear from Jesus. We want to hear from heaven. We speak from that place as well. I give you glory. I give you praise. I give you honor, O God, because you are truly, truly wonderful. And I thank you for the blessings that you add to us this day, this night, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So I pray that you had an excellent day. My time before leading up to this, and y'all know it's pre-recorded, but I had an amazing day. I got rejuvenated and hearing a teaching on a Zoom call. And what the man of God, the prophet, spoke it just awakened things. The Spirit of God talked to me and, and reminded me of early teaching. And he said, go back. You know, remember what I taught you. Remember what I taught you. It's not even go back. It's bring it into the now, which is bringing the times that that we have, you know, uh, in, into present. I could talk about Kronos and Kairos, and we might do that a little bit later. But I really do want to stick with scriptures. And I've got a lot to, to try to uh, put into this conversation. First of all, we are, uh, if you recall the first night, we talked about how Kingdom 101 Relationships is about intentional superhuman living. Because any conversation that you have pertaining to the kingdom of God is about uh, intentional life. And so it's also spirit to spirit life because God is spirit. And the Bible tells us that that those that are going to be with him, that are going to walk with him, we're going to, or, or the worshipers of him, will worship him in spirit and truth. And so it's not our flesh. It's not how how um, we conduct ourselves in this the, the human part of us, but it is the spirit part, the part that is born from above, that is born again, that connects to him and is able to hear from him and is able to flow with him and is able to uh, do all the different things in earth as in heaven. Kingdom 
the hallmark scripture for us, for our ministry, is Matthew 6.33. You can also find it in Luke, but it's to seek the kingdom of God. That comes first. That's how Jesus himself walked. And we remember that he is the original pattern, the pattern son uh, that we follow. I'm going to always refer back to points of study and things that, that you already have. Uh, there are going to be there is going to be one sheet that I think you will be able to download tonight. I haven't uploaded anything as of yet. Now it'll be all of the scriptures that we're going to cover or, or we may not get to, but uh, these scriptures that connect to the conversations that we have had thus far. And I believe that this will start to open things up for you because this is what we live by. We live by every word. Matthew 4 tells us man does not live by bread alone. Man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So that's what our point of reference is. This is where our food is more so than the physical food. It is the food of the spirit. So uh, we looked at the fact that all kingdom relationships are rooted in the king. That's that spirit to spirit life. This is from the points of study that you received in the first week. So you have this particular note. Mark this thing up. I, I use my things, you know, and I write on them and I, I do all the different things, circling my points and scribbling all over the place so that the pristine look of it, the idea is not to have pretty, uh, pieces of paper with nice things, uh, you know, just typed, but it's for you to write on highlight and start really living from this. Because you, if you just use this one page, I'm telling you, and started noting the scriptures and the things that we're talking about, you will see changes in your life. You will see changes in your relationships. You'll see maturity within yourself. And that's why we're starting with the first relationship plus the first relationship. First relationship is with God, but then the relationship that we have with ourselves through him because of him. And we, most of us, we don't even know how to relate to ourselves. We don't know who we bring to the occasions of life that, that we experience. And so this is why this is so important. And if you catch Apostle Baker's uh, really telling it like it is, she talks about the importance of loving yourself. She's talking about it through the holidays and, and the holy days, the holidays that are coming up because you know Thanksgiving is next week. And actually, while I'm thinking about it, I'm going to be live on next Wednesday night. And yeah, the night before Thanksgiving, because I, anyway, we'll get back to that. So just so you know, but we're in that season now. So people may be singing old 60 songs, lonely, I'm so lonely, or, or whatever the songs may be. But what we want to do is to live our lives singing the song of the Lord. All right. Singing the songs that are going to bring joy to you, regardless of what your uh, personal circumstances are. So every relationship is patterned after Jesus. Thus, we are to submit to, receive, and be joyous in every relationship that we are given. To just stop to think that the relationships you have with others are given to you by God. And, and, and that too often we can become very self-absorbed and we want everybody to kowtow and pay attention to us, but we don't necessarily value the people that God has gifted us with. Yes, you yourself are a gift to, uh, from God to others, but others are a gift from God to you. So we want to make sure that we go in the flow of understanding that the first gift we were ever given and interestingly, we're coming into the season where they celebrate the birth of Jesus. So this is not the season in which he was born. But I think 
that every season is is perfect to celebrate him. So celebrate his birth, his his death, his burial, his resurrection, his presence, our being born from above. There's never a day that you you don't want to celebrate that. But again, spirit to spirit and every relationship is patterned after Jesus. You know, our interaction with each other is really supposed to be spirit to spirit. Scriptures that say, no, no man after the flesh. You know, you want to know us. We want to know one another after the spirit. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to get along with the flesh and blood person. No, what we're talking about is that if you want the knowledge and the understanding of how to relate to others, you're going to have to see them from God's point of view. And allow, we have to allow ourselves to, to see ourselves from God's point of view. And I'm going to pose a couple of questions for us tonight because that's what I get to do. And I don't have any particular questions and I didn't pull the comments this week, but we will address whatever you all have put, put to bring it up to date. We will talk about that in our next broadcast, okay? Or next Wednesday, I should say. So now listen, we are to submit to, receive, and be joyous in every relationship that we are given. And that includes the relationship that we have with self. So if we are not joyous in our relationship with self, then we have some work to do. I mentioned earlier that I was uh, rejuvenated. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. I've, I've talked about it all day. But I was on a Zoom call where it was a reminder. God said, bring forward those things which I taught you. Remember what I taught you. And for me specifically, he's talking about my prayer life and things that happened that I could pray things and, and see the manifestation of God because God was speaking. Holy Spirit was speaking through me and he was saying what heaven wanted to say. And so we were seeing those results. And he's like, come on back come back to that or return to that or bring it forward into, you know, go get it. Now come on and, and bring it into today, into the relevance so that that Kronos and Kairos, that now time of God starts to coalesce. There's a blending and, and I'm getting ahead of myself. Hey, yay, yay. Okay. Anyway. All right. So be joyous in every relationship for if the relationship is not rooted in the king, it is not kingdom. That seems so simple, right? Where is your relationship with yourself rooted? Is it rooted in him or is it rooted in the ways of the world? Scripture is going to reveal this and we're going to read a lot of them uh, in just a few minutes. So this does include our relationship with self. And if you are reading my book, um, Kingdom 101, then you will find that pages 22 and 23 talks about this, that that if the relationship is not rooted in the king, it it, it, um, it is not kingdom. So you'll find that there and all kingdom relationships conform to the image of Christ. So again, that that's that relationship with him in us as well as, you know, it's, it's the relationship with him that forms the relationship internally that he wants to have spirit to spirit. God is spirit. John 4, 24 tells you that and they that worship God must worship him in spirit and truth. And remember in John 6, uh, verse 63, he talks about how his words are my, he says, my words are spirit and they are life. They bring life to you. The, the things that I speak, it is the spirit who gives life. He says that the flesh profits nothing. And the words that I speak to you are spirit and life. They are life. So there's a question that you want to think about. And when we're told, dude, don't do that. Okay. I almost knocked all my pages over. There's a, uh, there's a, a thing that you really want to think about. 
And that is, what are you saying about yourself? And what are you saying to yourself? What do I say to me that can either motivate me to keep pressing in and to stay the course no matter how rough things get? Or am I giving myself an easy way out? Always saying, hey, you know, if it's too hard, then forget it. It's okay. Or let's have a pity party or whatever. What do you allow yourself to do that God is not recommending? That's, a, you know, do you allow yourself to quit? Because I, I can tell you, I've had an interesting week and it's, it's only like the third or fourth day in. I've had more challenges to things to get me to quit. So overwhelming. It almost feels like, you know, I was having a showdown like Elijah did. <laughs> and and they're just piling up the water and, the, and, 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 you know, pouring the water on the altar so that you wouldn't possibly be able to bring a fire. And I have felt, seriously felt over the last few days, almost to the point of overwhelmed over the things, the car, the appliances not working right. I mean, just you name it. And everything had a price attached to it uh, and another price and another price and another price until it was just like, okay, I can see this is supposed to be a financially devastating type of week for me. And I was talking to my mom, Apostle Baker, and I, I told her, I said, well, the way I look at it, seriously, is if I can't get through this, I'm not going to make it through anything. I'm in the kingdom. These are not my problems. This is something too big for me. God is my solution. The Lord is, is my strength. The Lord is my song. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my redeemer. The Lord is my rescuer. He's my banker. He's my provider. He is all those things to me. And I felt as we were talking, we laugh, and I love talking to her because we can laugh over a lot of this stuff when, when the stuff is happening. It's good to have people that are in the word and in the Lord that you can go to, to they will laugh with you. I don't, I don't do pity parties. I like to entertain, but I don't like entertaining Satan. And I don't like entertaining darkness. And I don't like entertaining the things that are meant to bring me to a low place. I like to give parties. But pity is not a party that I'm going to host, nor is it one that I'm going to attend. And whenever I feel, 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 feel my emotions wanting to shift there, sometimes I just go take a nap. <laughs> I'll tell you straight up. Or I'll post things um, where I know that there are people that I can trust. It's like, hey, can you pray for me for a minute? You know, um, or I'll go pray for somebody else. It's like, well, if I'm going through this and I know I have an out somebody's going through this that does not. And so it would behoove me to go sow some seed into somebody else's life because you know what? That's an act of faith. It's a, it's a fight of faith. It's like God's got, God has me. He has already promised. He has already, and promise means that he's opened up an opportunity, a, a pathway, if you will, for you to step into and, and to allow his will to be done. That's, that's what he means. He's promised himself. And I can have access to those things. He promised that he was going to do the things that he really wants to do, it, get the things that give him pleasure in our lives. And, and uh, I believe that part of what we've got to understand in order for us to maybe be able, no, maybe about it, truly be able to receive the love of God, it, it's, it is necessary. It is vital that we know who he is is and what his character is about because as he teaches us about himself 
then we learn and begin to understand and you can believe the truth of why what he feels about you because of who he is the love that god has for us is not based upon us it's based upon him it's who he is and his character is so altogether lovely and lover like toward us and and parental and all these things and it's not that he doesn't know that we can do wrong. It's not that he, he, he's unaware of that, but he sees what he can do and what he wants to do in our lives. So he looks at us through the change that is possible. And, and as we yield to him because of his character, because we're not just singing, Lord, you are good and your mercies endure forever, but we are actually coming into the knowing of the goodness of the Lord. My eyes, my heart, my, my whole being, I'm seeing the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I, ha I have to tell you, honey, you can't tell me that God is going to uh, trash me because he loves me. And I know he loves me. And because he loves me, I love me because it's his love for me that I release to me. And we'll get more into that, but that's kind of the thing that you can say. And it's it's patterned after what Jesus did. Father, I know you love me. John 17 is going to be one of the scriptures that we that we look at today. Um, so again, all, uh, all kingdom, this is number four, all kingdom relationships conform to the image of Christ. And again, John 17, where Jesus says, I know that you love me. And, and I want them to know the love that you have for them as well, the love that you have that you love them with. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. That's going to be our first passage of scripture. Um, I'm reading, and I'm, I'm going to be reading primarily out of the Passion Translation on a lot of these because I just, they always talk about the lover. And I just think that that is so beautiful. I love, love, yeah, okay. Um, got a lot of scriptures in here. Let me see. What did I say? I want to go to first Corinthians chapter two. So let's do that one. Okay. First Corinthians chapter two, and let's start with verse one. And again, I'm going to read out of the passion translation. So it says, my brothers and sisters, when I first came to proclaim to you the secrets of God, I refused to come as an expert. He wasn't trying to come as an expert. He says, um, or trying to impress you with my eloquent speech and lofty wisdom. For while I was with you, I was determined to be consumed with one topic, Jesus, the crucified Messiah. I want to talk about Jesus. That's what he told him. I don't want to talk about me. I don't want to tell you this about me or that about me. I want to talk to you about Jesus because he's my favorite topic of conversation. I'm consumed with him. And I stood before you feeling inadequate filled with reverence for God and trembling under the sense of the importance of my words. I can absolutely relate to that. It's, yeah, I have no idea how long it takes to get myself ready to press that button on this computer so that I can um, have these conversations or have this uh, teaching time with you because you want, it's like, do I have all the scriptures? Do I, do I know really what it is? And, and it doesn't do me a whole lot of good to, to uh, over prepare 
because I'm only going to get to, you know, a very small amount of all of the materials that I have. I like to study and I love writing stuff. And so preparing this workbook for you all, which is what I'm in the process of doing, uh, I got a lot of stuff, but we won't get to it. <laughs> I can tell you that now. So I understand what he's saying. I'm, I feel inadequate. I, I, you know, it's it's kind of a thing. It's not a joke, but it is. It's like, I'm not ready to say anything. I haven't read the whole Bible. I need to read the whole Bible before I could say anything. And then, yeah, I'm going to read the whole Bible and not remember much of it. Because it's, I don't memorize scripture. It's what's written upon our hearts. It's him. It's a person. It's an opening. It's a conversation. It's an intimacy. It's an intercourse. And we'll get back to that in some of these other notes too. We'll continue on with that. I'm trying to not use certain phrases all the time anymore because it almost sounds like I'm never going to get to a point because we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that. We'll get back to that. Well, what are we going to get to today? That's what we're going to get to. The message I preached and how I preached it, verse four, was not an attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments, but to prove to you the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit. For God intended that your faith not be established on man's wisdom but by trusting in his almighty power. I think that is so powerful um, because he, what he's saying, he said, so that your faith um, should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That's what he's trying to, what he is definitely saying. The message I preached and how I preached it was not an attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments, but to prove to you the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit. A message translation says, and so nothing I said could have impressed you or anyone else, but the message came through anyway. God's spirit and God's power did it. That's what we rely on. When the day is done, uh, what you rely on is God's spirit and God's power. Holy Spirit brings the message. Intentional superhuman living or spirit to spirit life is all about the spirit of the Lord bringing us the message of the kingdom and then teaching us how to walk in it. And so it is imperative that even when we're talking about love ourselves, we're not talking about it the way the world does. We're talking about it the way Jesus does. And so that's something that we, uh, you know, the way Jesus did. And, and so we walk in this love. We walk in this persuasion that, that the spirit of the Lord is, for us and not against us because his character is not to be against men. It is to be for, we're his creation. We are his, his love. And so no, that that's not the way that works. So again, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I love the King James version for that. Uh, the passion says for God intended that your faith not be established on man's wisdom, but by trusting in his almighty power. But again, I really love that your faith should not stand. Faith does not stand in the wisdom of men. Faith stands in the power of God. Faith is uh, brought forth from the power of God. Faith manifests and, and, and faith withstands everything that comes against it because it's rooted in the power of God. Why? Because it's his faith. That's a uh, uh, you'll find that in Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 11, when Jesus told them, have the faith of God. And he's like, have God's faith because y'all, your faith is not high enough. Your faith is earth-based, but God's faith comes from heaven. It's spirit. And that's what makes the difference. How be it? Oh, here we go. Verse uh, six. However, there's a wisdom 
that we continually speak of when we are among the spiritually mature. It's wisdom that didn't originate in this present age, nor did it come from the rulers of this age who are in the process of being dethroned. Ooh, I like it. I'll read it again. He said, however, there's a wisdom that we continually speak of when we are among the spiritually mature, among the sons. It's wisdom that did not originate in this present age, in this earth realm. No, it did not. It did not come from the rulers of this age who are in the process of being dethroned. So you see, no, this is coming from an eternal place. He said, instead, we continually speak of this wonderful wisdom that comes from God hidden before now in a mystery. It is his secret plan destined before the ages to bring us into glory. Now, one of the things I refer to um, when I talked about with this kingdom relationships or kingdom 101 series of teachings is about is because I, I like to use the expression, this kingdom thing of ours. Um, I, I've referenced uh, how Cosa Nostra will talk about, you know, there, there, there's a, a different understandings that Italian uh, loose translation is this thing of ours. And that was kind of associated with organized crime. But I say, no, 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 not this thing of yours, but this thing of ours, this kingdom thing of ours is superior to everything. Why that word superior? Superior is the supernatural, the superior nature of God. And so everything he does is above everything else. Nothing that he does bows to the things of this world. Nothing, nothing. Thing, no thing that God does is inferior to anything that comes from man, regardless of what man or woman thinks about it. So we speak continually of this wonderful wisdom, this thing of ours, this kingdom thing of ours that comes from God, hidden before now in a mystery, his secret plan destined before the ages. And another thing that we said to you, it has been given to know this, those that are in the kingdom, those that walk by the spirit and choose not to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Those that want to hear from God to you, Jesus said this in Mark chapter four, uh, to you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. I'm paraphrasing that. Uh, verse eight, none of the rulers of this wor present world of order understood it, for if they had, they would never have crucified the Lord of shining glory. But See, to them, it wasn't given to know because they did not want to know the character of God. To you, it has been given to know what he's really like. To you, it's been given to know how amazing and wonderful and good he is. To you, it's been given to know how wise he is, the all eternal God, all wise God, uh, the one in whom there's no shadow. There's no, no, no turning, no change. The one that is constant. God is never in a bad mood, you know? So the scriptures, this is why verse nine, it says, this is why the scriptures say things never discovered or heard of before things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things God has in store for all his lovers. Now, some of you are more familiar with, I have, it is, as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. That is a portal, a door that opens into the presence of God and takes us in to hear things and to know things to you. It has been given to know. That's what he's telling us. So the scriptures are saying this. He and he, remember here, 
These things are the many things that God has in store for all his lovers. Those that love him are going to know things about him. You know, I am learning new people. I, I have a lot of fun on Facebook talking about what kind of games did you play as a child or what kind of cartoons did you watch and 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 it's 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 a fun thing it's not it's not silly but it's fun why because when we engage in those parts of us that are uh not just well that's not scriptural you can't find that in the bible and what about this and what about that it's like do you want to come play with me isn't that what a kid says hi my name is do you want to come play with me because that's what we're doing. And we're, we're enjoying the fellowship, knowing that these same people that tell you whether they like superhero cartoons or the old school stuff, or whatever it was that they like, these same people that I interact with, the majority, about 85% of those folks, if I say I need prayer, they can drop it like it's hot. They can, they can open up the scripture and they can speak the word of God and, and release things from the seated place in the heavenlies. And they're just giving, we're giving each other the opportunity to know one another because we're all lovers of God. But we also are to love one another. We love ourselves and we're to love one another. And how fun it is to know that somebody that I might listen to on a Zoom call or on one of their uh, uh, teachings that they do online, that these same men and women of God can, can be so fun, can open up and let a part of themselves be seen that maybe they don't normally show. And it creates intimacy. It creates friendship. It creates something solid to stand on. And it opens up things about our character. Some of us, maybe we don't want people to know what we're really like. Well, um, I don't know why. Except maybe we've listened to lies. That told us that we have to have a certain image. I, I, I have to deal with a lot of things uh, when we're doing these broadcasts because we're always going for production values. And you want to you want to create something inviting. I mean, you know, uh, you, do, you don't want all the clutter in the background. You, you kind of want things to be uh, something that the viewer is able to enjoy the ambience of it. So whether it's my little tulips and, and, and sunflowers or uh, whatever it is, and you y'all already know this is my microphone here. So, uh, but whatever it happens to be, we we like certain things, you know, to be pleasant. But at the end of the day, it can be as pretty as it wants to be. But did it have truth? Did it have merit? Did it was it life changing? Did it bring what you needed to bring about deliverance? that's that's the focal point and so intimacy even even the sharing of, of things like that with you all it opens up uh understanding maybe some people don't know who i am and it's like well what is this person like well i like cartoons that's that's pretty pretty cool i put on the website um i asked not the website the facebook page i had asked did anybody know what my favorite colors were not really there's not a whole lot of interaction on there as of yet so I didn't get a whole lot of like well, no I'm doing one person that tried to guess somebody else sent me a message and just said what are your favorite colors <laughs> that's the smartest that's what I would have done so I'll tell you anyway um I don't know that they're actually my favorites but they are pretty signature to me and each color has a specific there's there's a connection so I'm very black and white that's really top um 
people that see me around when I'm traveling or something, you'll see a lot of pink um, because it's a friendship color. It's a happy color. So black and white is because I, I like to be very direct and straightforward. And so I, I, I want things in black and white. You even see it in the background, white chair, black and white thing over there, all kinds of cool stuff like that. Uh, another uh, set of co my colors come in sets. So pink and purple is is another set and there they are right there on the mic okay uh next of all it would be silver and gold back there too i got almost all these elements here and then the fourth set is red and bronze or kind of a amber and all those kind of darker gold colors so those are the the colors that i typically am connected to in some way shape or form they do have certain spiritual and prophetic uh um, significance to me, but also they're pretty and I like them. So, um, I, that's, that's pretty, the Lord told me to add those last two red and bronze because uh, I've had the other six for quite a while. So anyway, that's just something. Well, who cares? Um, I do actually. And people that know me, they, they know, oh, okay. That's, that's kind of the way she, she goes with this or that, or uh, affiliate. It's just, it's something to know. I would not want to be in a relationship, uh, a, a love, romance kind of relationship with somebody that I didn't know his colors, you know, the colors that he likes, um, that I didn't know what kind of foods he likes to eat and what kind of foods he doesn't. And I wouldn't want to be in a connection with somebody and find out that he doesn't like to pray, uh, you know, because because he, he's not consumed with a passion for God. That That would be awful. You know, it's great to be around somebody that thinks you're pretty, beautiful, handsome, gorgeous, hot, whatever the words are that we, you know, that you want to hear. All of that stuff is fabulous. However, do you have love for yourself, God's love for yourself to the, to the degree that you see clearly what God has chosen for you, as opposed to what you choose based on your natural likes and dislikes? Hey, that was left field. Well, somebody is listening to this tonight and you need to know this. We still, do you, let me go off topic. Do you choose your friends and your uh, lovers, people that you love, according to their personality, according to the things that they fit your style or they fit your eyes? Or do you connect with people that God has chosen? to bring into your life in significant roles. I I did not post this, but I will do it as a, a meme or something probably in the next week or two. But my thought was, if Jesus, if God the Father chose the disciples, the people that Jesus was to was to companion with, with to do to do life with, to do ministry with, if his whole team was chosen by his father, then why do we think that we know how to pick the right mate without God's input? That's a significant question because I talk to people that are going into relationships and they're still, I mean, they're grounded in the word of God. You hear them preach or pray or sing or do whatever, prophesy, whatever it is they're doing. And they still pick people based on what they like. And it's like, seriously, girl or bro or whatever. Um, grow up. <laughs> I believe in arranged marriages, arranged by divine design. So one day that will be me chosen by someone who picked 
God first. And then God said, there she is. And I will know because he, God, Father, described him to me. So I'll know who he is based on a description. But remember, I talked about this a little bit last week. But you can't recognize the other person if you don't know who you are and if you don't understand the degree to which you have love. Now, if you're already in a relationship, you're already married and so forth and so on. Don't there's don't don't go looking at your mate going, well, I don't know if God chose you for me or not. That is not what you do. What you do is you find out who you are and what it is that he put in you that you can pour into that mate. That's that's what I, I want to say to you, because it's 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 important to treat you well and to because that's what's going to enable you to treat others well. You can't love people. Uh, you think, oh, I love, I love, I love them, but I don't love me. And I actually we had this happen. Uh, we uh, it was taught. I don't. I'm not using these notes tonight, but. One of my dear sister friends, um, Latasha Latrell, who is an amazing woman of God, she did. She brought a message on Sunday in our gathering, where she really talked about examining yourself and making your uh, in this time of the shift and what it is that you need to do. And uh, next week, if I do use her notes, um, I, I will want to make sure that I put her information there because you need to listen to some of her online teachings. She's she's amazing. And she's a blessing to the body. Um, so Latasha, honey, that was a shout out to you because you you bring a message that pricks the heart and has a person wanting to learn more about God. And you see, the thing is, is that we all can teach or preach or do whatever. But if, if when I learn and I pull from what the spirit of God is saying through somebody else. I want to point you in that direction. I'm blessed to know a number of outstanding men and women of God, women and men of God, whichever way you want to hear it, that just know how to present his presence. And, and some, I mean, I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Let's keep going. It says, uh, verse 10, but God now unveils these profound realities to us by the spirit. Yes. He has revealed to us, his inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit who constantly explores all things. In verse 10 in the King James, it says, God has revealed unto us by his spirit for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Uh, so I really, really like this in the message. It says, but you've seen and heard it because God by his spirit has brought it all out into the open before you. The spirit, not content to flit around on the surface, dives into the depths of God and brings out what God planned all along. Can you, the Holy Spirit is not interested in all these little surface things and just taking you through the la 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 la. Instead, to you, it has been given to know. So he dives into the depths of God and brings out what God planned all along. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into your heart until the Spirit of the Lord takes you on a deep dive and 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 brings these things out. And I think this is fabulous because I a couple of weeks ago I was I was ministered to by an apostle, Apostle uh, Ronnie Robinson, um, out of Texas, and uh, he's part of the Loving Unity movement. And the apostle, we were actually talking about a, a, a book project, but he, 
we got to chatting and he asked me point blank, you know, about how I was doing. And I told him, so <laughs> because I was going through, I'm, I'm experiencing a lot of transition right now. And I was just telling them some of the stuff. And one of the things that I've had to deal with a lot, and we will get into that um, as we move forward, but I was the spirit of the Lord gave me an assignment. You got to get this fear out of you, girl. You got to get this fear out of you because I had been dealing with a lot of fear and I didn't know where it was coming from. And some of it had to do with change and, and you know, the usual stuff like y'all do. Uh, what, uh, what Matthew six, uh, what shall we eat and what shall we drink? And what about clothes and where's the money coming from? And how's this going to happen? Blah, 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 blah. I was going through all of that stuff. And it was just like, it was crazy head day. And I was just like, I can't do this. I cannot do this. I'm telling you, I cannot stay a victim. I just cannot. We got that out. And so I was like, I cannot be a victim to my own thoughts. These are not the thoughts of God. These are not the thoughts of the kingdom. See what I'm saying? I was not connected. I had gotten discombobulated or something. The spirit of God was on it. He's like, girl, you're going to have to deal with that. He calls me, well, um, he actually calls me TMGG. <laughs> one day I'll explain that to you very soon. I might tell you about that, but he calls me TMGG amongst other things. And sometimes he calls me little girl. And so it was just like, you're going to have to deal with this fear. And so it was like, all right, but I didn't even know where the fear was coming from. And I felt, I realized I was drowning in emotions and drowning in, in, in all this other stuff. And also my papa, apostle uh, Eddie Manestas, um, he had also been talking to me. So I, I, you see, I have spiritual fathers, my, uh, the three, and I'm going to just go ahead and name them. Uh, it's my apostle, Dr. Baker, because yes, she's an apostle and, and female is, it's not gender based when you talk about a spiritual father. And yes, there are also mothers, but in this particular case, she's, she's both to me. And, um, my other two, one, I call uncle Cal, that's apostle Calvin cook of uh, golden Austin ministries. I'm just telling it tonight. And uncle Cal is also a father to me. I just call him uncle <laughs> because I do. And then Papa Eddie, who is, uh, apostle Eddie Maestas of loving unity movement. And he, he, you know, it's a really interesting thing. And one day on my other program, we're going to, um, I'm going to ask him to, to join and to talk because he ministers from this heart. They all do. They all do. And, and there's, there's many others, but he, they, they know how to hit that thing to get you to start walking in the freedom that you were meant to. And so here, first of all, apostle Ronnie asked me, um, what, you know, what, what's going on. And I told him, Papa Eddie was able to bring some other stuff out. Uncle Cal lays hands on me and I just like fall all the time. It's so strange. It's fun. But he speaks from that heart and he directs and he's very, they're all just very gentle. Uh, and I needed it because I was pretty bruised. And, and so basically I was able to say, well, you know, I guess one of the fears I had started when I was a child because I was trying to learn how to swim and so I was told, you know, you're supposed to put your face in the water, learn how to, to start learning how to breathe and keep your eyes open. And one of these little smart alecky kids thought it was funny to put their hand on the back of my head and press me under. And I couldn't get up and I could not come up out of the water. And I was, it, I, the, he kept me down there for a while. And finally somebody got him off and I came up, but I couldn't breathe very well. And I was very anxious. And so Apostle Ronnie said, are you afraid of the water? Are you? And I said, yes, I did not know that. 
I, it came out of me in such a way that all of a sudden I thought, uh-oh, there's revelation here. And I was basically given a word. This is why I'm talking about this deepest mystery. You're going to have to learn how to swim. Well, it was on my list for 2022, and I don't have a bucket list because I don't want a bucket. Now, coach bag, I can deal with that. Or a <laughs> tote bag, yes. But not a bucket. Okay. <laughs> bucket bag, maybe. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to have to move it forward a little bit because it's time. Because it's a fear. And I was given this word. It's like, honey, the Lord is saying, he didn't call me honey, but I, I'm calling me honey. He said, you know, it's like the Lord is saying, he told me test it out. And I didn't. I took it back to my, uh, my apostle, uh, Dr. Baker. And it was like, yeah, this is witnessing. You're going to get rid of fear when you get, when you the challenge this fear that came upon you as a child. Anxiety, being anxious, not being able to breathe. It was connected to asthmatic issues that I got healed of a few years back. But you see what it was all connected to fear. And so what was that meaning? Well, then you'll back away from God because it's like he let this happen to you and he this and he this and not knowing his character, not knowing his character, not knowing his love. No, God's the one that's extracting me from these things. God is not the one that put me in. And well, I need to put you in, in uh, you know, fear so that, so that no. No, no, no. God was not trying to drown me. Okay. So here I'm reading this. He's revealed to us his inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit. Or the Spirit is not content to flit around on the surface, but he dives into the depths of God. I want to swim in the Spirit. And that's what I was being told that this thing, that this natural thing is, is trying to be an inhibitor of you doing this thing spiritually. But you do this spiritual and then this natural and then back to the spirit because it'll be deeper and it'll be stronger and it'll be more incredible. So whoever you are that needs to learn that, I'm going to get the tubes. My mom's got a pool. It's too cold right now. But I'm going to find an indoor one and I'll keep you up to date on it because I'm going to learn how to swim. And, and at my age, over 21... <laughs> Um, over 21. That's a good thing. All right. I told you we're going to get through all these scriptures, but I'm going to get to like, whoever you are, you need this. And I'm going to pray right now in the name of Jesus that, that whatever it is that you've got to learn to do, that the power of fear is broken over your life, over you, that the spirit of truth himself will bring to you the mystery of you and expose those works in you that have hindered you from walking, uh, walking in, in, the, in the love that God has for you. You're going to love you're going to love who God made you to be because you're going to see yourself through the eyes of God and no longer through the eyes of the victim and no longer through the eyes of fear. I decree this and release this over you as it has been done for me. I comfort you with the same comfort by which I've been comforted in the name of Jesus. So um, this is that. Say amen. And I take it. Yes, you did. And if you are hearing it whenever you hear it just write the note in there let us know or again message us contact us at astoundinglove.org and i'll get that email and if you are a friend of mine on facebook or however we call that then just go ahead and message me messenger me that's what a lot of people do i'm i'm okay with that or i would not tell you to if you're legit if you're not well then you may find out something else about my personality. How about that? Or not my personality, but my temperament. So, um, cause we don't play around with this. This is very real. And I, and the team that I get to work with here, we want you and everybody that's, that's a part of this to, to break through into these relationships. Okay. Let me keep going. He said here in verse 11, and I'm in first Corinthians two, 
After all, who can really see it into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except for that person's spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and secrets are only fully understood by his spirit, the spirit of God. But to you, it has been given to know. Jesus knew. And he's the one that is on the inside. It's going all the way to verse uh, 16. I think that's what I wanted to do. For we did not receive the spirit of this world system. This is where I wanted to go. But the spirit of God, so that we might come to understand it and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. I'd like to get into that some more, but in the interest of time, I'm going to keep going. And we articulate these realities with the words imparted to us by the spirit and not with the words taught by human wisdom. That's where I wanted to key in. We articulate. What are you saying about yourself? What are you saying about you that God is not saying? We articulate these realities with the words imparted to us by the spirit, not with the words taught by human wisdom. We join together spirit revealed truths with spirit revealed words. We don't speak the words of the world anymore. And I will, again, I said, you'll have the scripture list. We do not say what the world says. We don't call it a pandemic. It's a pandemic. No, it's actually a plague. And there's a biblical solution to getting rid of plagues. You see what I'm saying? There are things that we, we don't speak the same. Some of y'all call yourselves millennials. Why? If you look up that definition, you'll find this a very self-absorbed individual. You are not a millennial. You are kingdom. You're not the thing. I'm not a baby boomer or this or that. No, no, we're not what they say. You know, that's why we, uh, one of the things I talk about in terms of, I don't actually uh, connect so much with the term that's called Christian. The Bible tells you they were first called Christians, um, but it wasn't the war, it wasn't the king that called us. It was the world that was labeling them in, in, in the way that they did. Yeah, well, they were Christ imitators. They were this, they were that. God did not call us that. And again, how can you be one with Jesus? Jesus is, we're his body, but Jesus is not a Christian. So why are you? You know, just asking, not just asking, intentionally asking. Anyway, um, but I, I don't argue with me over that. If that's what you want to call yourself, call yourself that. I don't care. I'm simply saying to you, how many terms of and ways of what the world, how many of you turned 30 or 40 and they said, well, when you reach this age, this is going to go. And when this happens to you, this is what's, you know, when you get older, you're supposed to lose your memory. You're supposed to do this and you're supposed to come decrepit and so forth. But I don't find that in the word, not in this dispensation, not when all things that pertain to life and godliness have been given to us in the old Testament. Yes, they were old and infirmed and so forth. And yet they still live strong. Caleb, crying out loud, the man was over 80 years old and he's running and leading the charge to take the land. So it's really what you say about yourself because Caleb just kept saying, no, I'm well able. I am well able to do it. Joshua was told you're old and stricken with years and you still got to finish your call. But Caleb said, no, I can do this. I am going to do this. Why? Because at 80, he still had a long way to go to 120. So he wasn't seeing it. He wasn't feeling, uh, the, 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 he wasn't taking it as, as his truth. Um, verse 14 says someone living on an entirely human level, an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's spirit. You'll know by how many times you're trying to push back what is being said. How, what level are you living on? For they make, what God says doesn't make any sense to you. It's like, well, I live in the real world. You live in the world for sure. But the reality is the kingdom. Everything else is going to pass away. The kingdom is eternal. This world is not. So you're going to call it real, real short, lived, not eternal, this world. So uh, what is your reality? 
And I will challenge you with that because I, I, I think that we have to understand if you're calling yourself something other than what God does, you are not in the kingdom. You are a pretender. You're fake. You're, you're, you're a hanger on. You're all these different things. And you don't have to be. If you're born from above, you don't have to pretend. You don't have to fake it until you make it because you will not make it if you fake it. Just want to let you know that. Uh, <laughs> So a person living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's spirit for they make no sense to him. He can't understand the revelations of the spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the spirit. What did we say at the top? God is spirit. This is spirit to spirit. That's what kingdom is about. Uh, going on, those who live in the spirit are able to carefully evaluate all things and they are subject to the scrutiny of no one but God. He is the final authority for who has ever intimately known the mind of the Lord well enough to become his counselor. Christ has, and we possess Christ's perceptions. You see, we have the mind of Christ. That's what he's saying. Verse 16, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. Jesus got his mind from the father. And, and so this is that mind. That, and it's not the, even the mind of Jesus. It's the mind of Christ, the Christ that is in us, the Christ that is eternal, the, the, the anointed one. And so this is what we've got to see that all kingdom relationships conform to that image. And then we have to, un that understanding comes by the spirit of God. And you're not going to get it any other way, darling. I don't care how many books you read and all the other stuff. It comes by revelation of the spirit, which comes by intimacy, relationship, knowing him, knowing his character, which allows you to learn about yourself and to see how he sees you, which is why you can love you, because you are very, very lovable. Even if you're living miserably right now, when God looks at you, he sees what he's put in you and you are a force to be reckoned with. So every relationship we have, we talked about this last week, is rooted in love for someone, something or some desire or some belief. So you may have some things you need to break up with. You may have some thoughts. I, I, I want to go back to this. Um, you know, I, uh, I've talked a lot or I've talked a bit about how I used to be, I, I was so desperate to be loved. I would chase after men that they, they really were not for me, but they seemed to fit an image that I felt that I needed to, I wanted to be validated bottom line. And so I was always looking for somebody that seemed to be better than those that had mistreated me before. And I was only looking at the surface. I was only, they had a little bit of God because they went to church or they had a Bible or whatever it is, but they lived with the world. They did not actually walk the walk. And, you know, in times of prayer, they, they wanted me to pray more than, than, than they would ever pray and, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not bashing anybody. I'm saying this was, this was the reality, but I want it more. And they didn't want that. They wanted whatever it is that they wanted, but it was different. And so I was always trying to pair myself or put myself or believe that I would be connected to somebody that was not in pursuit of the calling, that was not going to help me to make my calling and election sure and did not want me to help them make their calling and election sure. They just wanted what they wanted, but they didn't want him. They did not want him on his terms, meaning God. And so some of us, you're broken. You've been hurt. You've been mistreated. You've been dumped. <laughs> you know what you've been through and you are still on the inside trying to prove to whoever threw you away 
that you can get you can get somebody that is just the all that you know he's buff or she's sexy with her little shapely body or whatever it is that you're looking for that is going to tell somebody that did not care enough to stick around you that hey yeah I can still catch this you know regardless of what I look like or how I, I've grown um you know or whatever it was that they rejected you for that you were trying to show them or show yourself which is even sadder that you can get something that's actually not good for you but looks good to you I would recommend heartily that you go back to the Holy Spirit and ask him to show you, show you in the word, show you where you are so insecure, where you are still so wounded, where you're so bitter, where you're so hurt, where you're so whatever you are, victimized, traumatized, that you think that a human is going to validate you. God validates. The blood of Jesus has set your value. And no human being is ever going to, and I don't care if they're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost and doing everything uh, that you think that they should do that fits your flavor. No, you don't have time to play like that anymore. Uh, I want to talk when we get to it um, about commissions, relationships, friendships are commissioned. There is an assignment that is connected to it. There is something amazing that God wants to do through each of our friendships or our uh, romances or our marriages or our raising our children and our church life, every, every aspect of our living. Uh, he wants to be a part of it. So um, obedience is a factor in every relationship. Your desire, what are you desiring? What are you believing that doesn't, it's not what God is saying. And it may have been once upon a time that you thought that that's what he said, but you've got to hear. This is when we come back to in this time, in this, in this era that we're in, that the timing of God is connected to bring you always into now, now faith, now manifestation, now truth. And, and, uh, things of that sort. So obedience is a factor in every relationship. You're going to obey. You're going to obey God or you're going to obey uh, the, the demonic. You're, there is no in between. You're going to obey that man or that woman that was sent. Even if they seem to be all whatever, you're going to either obey God or you're going to follow and find yourself getting completely off track with what you were called to do because of what you were attracted to. You got to get that attraction out of you. What? That fascination with things that are not God. You got to, you know, and that's going to come from forgiving and releasing and, and, and allowing yourself to be healed and, and, and a whole lot of other stuff that, that we'll talk about as we continue on. And, but we're talking, we're talking about it now. I mean, we will continue to talk about it and stop thinking that you got to take 10 years to get delivered because you don't. You know, some of it is willingness. In Isaiah 1, he says, the willing and the obedient will eat the good of the land. And I'm really, really into obedience now. It's become, it's a factor for me. I'm writing about that too. But it is a factor in every relationship. Who are you obeying? Whose voice? Are you yielding to your emotions? Are you yielding to the voice of the past? That's what I was doing, being afraid, still afraid of something that I have the power to change simply by learning how to swim. I'm carrying a fear of water when I can get over it, you see? And I'm not, I'm ruthless with myself, yeah. 
I'm not trying to be ruthless with you. I'm simply saying you should be ruthless with you. Be intolerant of compromise in yourself. Be intolerant of, of anything that you see that, that, is, that, that can be changed by the power of God, by the power of the blood of Jesus. Why would you let it continue on? And I am a witness because, honey, there's some stuff that I let uh, last for a long time. But Deuteronomy 28, around the 50th or 52nd, somewhere in there, it says that the curse had to be with things of long continuance. But you, you flip that over and you understand. But if you've been redeemed, you've been redeemed from things of long con uh, continuance. So you don't have to keep these delays going in your life. And whoever you are, take it and do something with that. Cease and desist from now on to allow these things to be stretched out and stretched out and stretched out. It's time to move forward and to sometimes some, some of the stuff, you just got to hit it, hit it and keep moving, hit it and keep moving, hit it and keep moving. <laughs> it's not like a workout coach. Uh, anyway, so because there are expectations, vital components to a relationship, uh, intercourse, exchange, intercourse is an exchange, whether it's uh, verbal or physical or whatever, talk, intimacy, Hearing and listening is part of that intimacy and sharing, right? Believing the truth, believing as you hear about God, as you talk to him, as you listen to him, you start to believe and that believing, it, it starts to open up more vulnerability and transparency because what do you really have to hide? Well, things that you're ashamed of. Yeah, but God said, I don't want my people to be ashamed. So let me go through and I'll give you, I'll have to just tell you what some of these other scriptures are. Um, yeah, let me, what do I want to do, Father? I want to go back to some, a comment I made about words. I've got all kinds of pages here. All right, this is a thing. This is something I pulled from a book written by Annette Caps. It's The book is called Quantum Faith, and I don't think I have a copy of that here. I like to uh, tell you about books other people have written. And, um, but what, one of the things that she talked about, it's a tiny little book, really, uh, no, I don't have it here. I uh, didn't know I was going to talk about it. But it's it's a very small book and probably about 35 or 40 pages. But there's some things that she said that are talking about words. Now, we're talking quantum here. So we are talking, um, we're, we're going to go into that realm of the spirit and how things work. Uh, just for you to hear this. So I quoted, pulled these quotes from the book. One is that your words are energy and they affect the matter in your life. Okay, matter. And that's fun to talk about. When you speak the words, this is the worst car I ever had, you stupid piece of junk, those words are vibrations of energy that affect the atoms that make up that car. You understand it? Because everything is made up of atoms and, and so forth and, and molecules. And these things turn, they move, they shift. That's how you can get some supernatural stuff to happen because you can speak. John 6, 63, my words are spirit and they are life. You can speak life to something and change the molecular structure of it. Or you can speak death to something and change the molecular structure of it. If you're talking about yourself and you're, I hate my this and I hate my this, you're speaking, um, you're speaking vib vibratory words. You are um, releasing energy that affects the atoms, that affects your bones. You know, you talk about being old and you're too this and you're too that. And yeah, you are affecting yourself. I'm here to tell you. Okay, and so it's uh, if you speak those words long enough, your car will obey. If you curse your car and curse your car, if you call your car paid in full, paid in full, paid in full, it will be paid in full. If you keep calling it a piece of junk, it's going to junk out on you. If you keep calling yourself old and, and decrepit and stupid and this and that and the other, you're going to start 
hearing other people say those things and they're contributing to those vibrations, that energy is being spoken towards you. God calls me TMGG. And I'm going to tell you something. I won't tell you what it means right now, but I will tell you this. I have been hearing people use, because each letter stands for something, and those words are being attributed to me. I'm here. I've heard every single one of those words that, have, that, that make up that expression. People are saying it. He said it first, and then I started saying it. And you know what's happening? I'm manifesting into that because I refuse to be anything but God's TMGG, his precious baby, and all the other things that he says about me. I'm his beautiful, vibrant woman. Yes, I am, because he said so. And so what happens is you start believing what he says. You start loving who you are because he loves you and you're seeing it from his point of view and you start to love what he loves. I love what God loves. So I have to love me. And then, yeah, people going to treat you better. You're going to find. Yes, you will. <laughs> All those guys. It's Carol King song. But um, really, you set the pace for how people are going to treat you. Well, I try to treat myself well, but people mistreat me. See, there you go saying it. Why don't you stop? Stop. Just pop that down. Stop saying the ugly that others say about you. And stop saying the ugly that you feel. Keep talking, I ain't got no money. I ain't got no honey. I ain't got no nothing. Well, then you don't. Is that what you want? See, that's another one. Do you want to reinforce that which exists or do you want to change it? That's another one of the quotes from her book. What do you want? You want to reinforce this or do you want something else? Okay. God is not limited to the things that you and I see. There's an infinite supply of substance waiting to be manifest according to your beliefs and your words. All right. And her last quote that I'm going to do. Your thoughts and beliefs produce an energy that people can perceive and react to. Um, I'm just telling you that your words are spirit and they're either life or death. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. These are all scriptural. I'll, I'll try to remember to put these down. Uh, Frederick, if you're hearing that part, just remind me because I don't have those written. But life and death are in the power of the tongue. And I'll, I'll add that to the list and then upload it. Uh, so here's some other scriptures because I'm I'm about I think I have about ten more minutes. So, but we're also looking at uh, Romans eight one, and then we're looking at Galatians three. I think I want to go to that one. Galatians three three. I have two different online Bibles, so uh, bear with me for a second here, y'all. Okay, so Galatians three verse three. Did I do that one? I have Colossians 3. Okay, well, I wanted to do Colossians 3, 3 as well. Because he says here, if you were raised with Christ, this is Colossians 3, 1 and 2 and 3. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And that's out of the New King James Version. And in the Passion, it says, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life and now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. Okay, so that um, that was out of the passion. I, I read 
the King James. That's what I study out of. But then I'll go to these other uh, different versions and, and look to see what they're having to say. Galatians 3.3 is another one that I, I really like. Um, and Galatians 3.3 asks the question, are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, will you now be made perfect in the flesh? Remember, you're spirit. You are not. Uh, you are. You live in a body. Your physical house and the earth, your earth suit is your physical body, but you're not your suit, your spirit. You're not your body is what I'm trying to tell you. It, you have one, but you're not it. I'm not, I, see my spirit, it does not look like, well, I've seen myself in the spirit. It's kind of interesting. I, um, I'm a natural blonde, <laughs> um, but um, I, that spirit person is me. This physical person is where I live and act out and, and do and carry out the, the, the call of God. But this body, this earth suit is not the eternal suit. You see, I am spirit and you are spirit. God is a spirit. We are spirits and they that worship him, we worship him by way of that, that image that we were made of. He blew his breath in us and we became a living soul and all the rest of the stuff. But I'm here to tell you, your spirit, you're a carrier of the breath of God. That's what that spirit, the essence of it is. So are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Will you now be made perfect in the flesh? So we looked at John 6, 63. I kept quoting it. Galatians 3, 3. Um, we've also looked at, uh, we've looked at Colossians 3, one, uh, Colossians 3, 1 through 3. I want to go over to Romans chapter 7 real quick and look at verse 6. It says, we have been delivered from the law. Uh, now we have been fully released from the power of the law. We are dead to what once controlled us. All right. And, uh, and our lives are no longer motivated by the obsolete way of following the written code. So that now we may serve God by living in the freshness of a new life in the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, um, we have been delivered from the law, that being dead, wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit. We don't have to serve in the oldness of the letter, is what he's saying. And then if you go over to chapter 8, um, I want to look at Romans 8, 1. It says there, what it talks about, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. You walk after what you are, your spirit. So you walk after what spirit are we talking about? Follow the spirit of God? Yes. Also the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. My word is spirit, spirit, spirit. This is our instructions. This is where, this is our divine connection. This opens those portals people want to go through. This opens our understanding. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 I think I did some of that um, verses nine through, well, it's really all of it. So we just did that. I, I know we did that. So, um, cause what he was saying again, while I was with you, I was determined to be consumed with one topic, Christ only. That's that thing. So we went through all of that. Romans seven, uh, it was verses five and six. I, I think I did not do those. I'm trying to go quickly so that I can get as many of these in as I can. So Romans chapter seven, verses five and six, where the comment was, uh, here we go. When we were merely living natural lives, the law through defining sin actually awakened sinful desires within us. That's what I was talking about, about because you were walking under the letter of the law. That's what wounds are. They come under that law uh, within us because they came by sin by somebody's act of sin or because sin itself is in the world, is in the earth. Okay. So it awakens sinful desires within us, the lust to be mad, to, to be in unforgiveness, uh, to, to follow after a spirit of rejection, all of these kind of things. That's, that's the kind of stuff.
stuff that happened, uh, which resulted in bearing the fruit of death. But now that we have been fully released from the power of the law, we are dead to what once controlled us and our lives are no longer motivated by the obsolete way of following that code. See what I'm saying? So there it is. You've been set free from this. Romans 8 said, because he has set us free from this, um, from the law of sin and death of, of the by because of, of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of, of sin and death. That's Romans 8, 2. And so you start looking at that because then it's Romans 8 uh, verses 1 through 16. Um, and you read through those or we'll go through them later. Uh, uh, we'll see. But I, I was reading a lot of this out of the Passion Translation. And Philippians 3, 3 is another one. Um, I can't go through all of these right here. I'm going to give you this one though. God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. I'm reading Romans 8 verse 3. Yet God sent us his son in human form to identify with human weakness, clothed with humanity. God's son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. So if you feel guilty, if sin feel you feel overwhelmed, you don't need a, a, a encounter group. You need to encounter the spirit of God by the word of God and be made free or re manifest the freedom that has already been purchased for you. So again, my question was, what is your, my relationship with God as it pertains to having, receiving, and walking in his love for me? And I'm here to tell you, because I was a poster child for how pathetic and pitiful can you be? And I, I, I was that person. Uh, that, that's not who I am anymore. I'm not going to ever be that person again because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And every time we find it, like I said, this, that's why I'm exposing this thing that has been a fear and what Apostle Ronnie and, and what um, Uncle Cal and what um, Papa Eddie and what my mama, <laughs> Apostle Baker, these words, these this because each of them has contributed and put something in it, you know, deposits as well as all of the other ones. I, I can't, I could, but I'm not going to name everybody right now. But I have heard uh, through the Loving Unity Movement and, and through the prophets and the people that, that I've met that love God sincerely and that will look at you not with the eyes of criticism, but with the eyes of love. I, I, was, I was blessed. I'm going to close out like this. You'll get the scriptures. I was blessed a few weeks ago. I was on a, a, a different uh, call. It's it, what these Zoom calls I keep talking about is fivefold ministers that are coming together from the different regions of the United States through the Loving Unity Movement. And we meet for about an hour and a half. Somebody shares the word and then there's a discussion. And it's it's the teachings themselves are outstanding. I mean, they're just jaw dropping. And then the interaction is people start to share and there's healings and there's prayer one for another. And we're learning to love. We're endeavoring to love and create safe environment. And, and this is something that we're to do in the body all together. You don't have to be fivefold, uh, but even in your friendships, this is now let's, let's bring it full circle relationships. This is why we want to know each other after the spirit and not after the flesh. Because when we know each other after the flesh and all of these mistakes and all of the things that we do and the financial issues we have and the physical issues we have and the sin issues that we deal with, if we know each other after the flesh, there's a tendency to judge. 
But when we know each other after the spirit, there's a tendency to release the word of deliverance, the delivering power. That's what I wanted to do tonight. And so I was blessed that they, in this time, they prayed over me and they spoke. And, and, and there's a lot of different people or a number of, I think, five different people. And I have those words written down. And I look at how it is my life. Because Psalm 139 tells you there's a book that's been written about you, volumes that's been written about us, things that God has said about us to show the reality of his plan and his vision for us in our lives. And I want to encourage you this week um, to to go back and just to be still knowing that he's God and say, I'd like to hear it. I want to know about I want to hear your heartbeat. I want to know. Uh, I want to start changing the way I think about you as this nebulous, this ethereal spirit that's far, far away, somewhere in the heavens, in the galaxies. It's like, nah, he's right here. You're right there with him. I'm talking to those of you that are born from above. It's time to know. And so I'm going to challenge you to step out and even make those statements and and allow him to start bringing his desires. John 17 is another one, verses 13 through 26, that we are to be loved in the same manner in which Jesus has had this relationship with his father. And he says to him, you know, Holy Father, I thank you. Let me see. I do want to go to that one uh, as we're closing out. Verse 13, he says, uh, I'm returning to you. So Father, I pray that they will experience and enter into my joyous delight in you. So that it is fulfilled in them and overflows. That's verse 13. Jesus is saying, I've given them your message. And that is why the unbelieving world hates them. For their allegiance is no longer to this world. Because I am not of this world. So you're not of this world. We live in it. And we're supposed to affect it for for the kingdom. And we're to love the people. We're not to hate or to judge, nor are we to be like them. We are to be like him so that they can see him. And when you love you and his love starts filtering and unclogging you and detoxifying you and doing all the stuff that it does, then what happens is that we're able to shine and let all these things start affecting the lives of other people. That's what you're here to do. So it goes on. um, Okay, I'm at time. so that their allegiance is there. So we'll pick up from this mayhap or I'll come back later in the week because I'm so excited about this and talk to you a little more. But I want to just remind you, this is the Wednesday night Bible study for Astounding Love. We're separated from the world by the reality of the kingdom of God. And so when Jesus said to sanctify us by his truth, because the word is truth, he's telling you, you set apart, you're washed, you're cleansed, you're different. You're not supposed to be like everybody else. There's uh, so much more to say. I pray that I've provoked you to want to find out more about this kingdom life. Uh, Ask your questions, whether, again, you do it publicly on the Facebook page or you message me. If you know me on um, Facebook or if you send it to contact us at astoundinglove.org. And I'm already praying for you. I want you to know the reality of the kingdom of God. I want, we have one more session. I think that we'll talk about this relationship with ourselves and then we're going to move on to another phase of it or not. We're going to stay with this until somebody really starts to get it. 
I love you so very much. I don't necessarily have to know you to love you. I am predisposed to love you. I want to get to know you. So that's why I ask you to interact with us. And I'm giving you opportunities to get to know me. So you can ask me questions too. Um, again, I always reserve the right to answer. Uh, but I'm never going to be rude to you about it. I want you to learn to grow in love with the person that you see in the mirror. Not the love that you've been giving yourself. Because some of y'all, you say you love yourself but you're really very miserable people. It's probably because you're not loving yourself the way God loved, wants to love you. So I release that to you tonight. I believe that there has been something that has been said that is going to help you tremendously. We are one week away from Thanksgiving. I will be here live, I believe, from my living room. I'm in my other uh, stu kitchen studio, but... Um, I will be coming to talk to you live next week so we can interact a little bit more. I may do a few other snippets of things, come back with some more of the scriptures or simply just upload them to uh, or put the link on the Facebook page so that you'll be able to, to do something with it. Thank you so much. I'm definitely over time now. I am Pastor Lonzine Lee of Astounding Love, a Global Church Fellowship and of More Than Enough Ministries. Uh, the giving information is there, Astounding Love people, or for those of you that want to donate or give into the works that we do. I thank you so much for joining me tonight um, for this amazing Kingdom 101 relationships. I bless you with Astounding Love, and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.